Welcome to the 4th Down Experience, the podcast devoted to special teams. Your host of the 4th Down Experience, former pro free agent, nine-year professional kicking coach out of the Midwest, Coach Chris Hughesby. Alongside Coach Chris Hughesby is a former two-time Arena Bowl champ, nine-year pro kicking coach, rep in the South, Coach Brian Jackson. guys, Brian Jackson, the 4th Down Experience Podcast. Also with me is Chris Usby. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. And how are you How are you doing? Doing great, man. I'm excited about this podcast. Uh, we've got a great uh, punter slash kickoff guy in the NFL. Uh, it's finished just, the season just finished up. Uh, obviously, uh, not what he would have liked, but uh, we're excited to have uh, a now not a rookie punter anymore. Um, he was drafted in the 7th round. From the good old state of Mississippi. Uh, welcome, Logan Cook, to the show. Logan, how are you, dude? Good, how's it going? Good to be here, man. Hey, how's it going, Logan? Yeah, welcome to the 4th Down Experience. Good to be here. So let's start the interview off here. You just completed your rookie year with the Jaguars. Just uh, give us a little recap about what it was like playing. I mean, what did you learn from it? And and was, and uh, kind of show the audience what it's like as like a first-time guy into the league. Yeah, it was uh, definitely a different experience from what I, I was thinking it would be. You know, going from high school to college, uh, I went to a real small, small high school, so being starting to play in front of sixty to hundred thousand people every weekend was, was something. And then um, kind of, I guess the atmosphere kind of downgrades a little bit when you get to the NFL. It's more of a business, uh, which I wasn't really expecting. I was expecting to step up from college, I guess, but. Um, Fans are into it, you know, in some places, depends on where you go. When we went to Arrowhead in uh, Kansas City, that got kind of crazy, but that, that is more or less just a, a job now, and, um, you know, you go out there, honestly, for me, there really wasn't as much adrenaline uh, during the games, it, it, it just felt more like a job, but definitely still, the love of the game is still, still the same, but when it comes to the end of the day, kicking still kicking and punting still punting, but, uh, no, it was definitely a learning experience, man, especially uh, my first few games were kind of wishy-washy, and then I finally, you know, got my feet up under me and was able to settle down, and, and um, I guess I understand that I belong there, and uh, it wasn't just free things, so uh, I think once that set in, I was able to settle in and just, just sit back and, and get a little more comfortable. Yeah, Logan, I mean, just spinning off what you just said, you have the numbers and the data to back you up. I mean, 86 punts in any kind of football season is a crap ton of punts, and yeah. to average... Yeah five yards and 37 inside the 20 i mean those are pretty damn good numbers for for a rookie yeah uh yeah that, that was definitely i guess a blessing and a curse we played a lot but we weren't moving the football the best but i mean um earlier in the year you know we, we had a lot of those 40 to 40 punts um so we were able to get a bunch of inside the 20 punts we actually set a franchise record i was told after the second to last game for punts inside the 20 so i mean that's that's, that's part of just putting a lot, I guess, you know, but also hitting good balls and having good cover guys, too. But, um, and we, we were going to finish uh, number one in punt coverage until um, we punted nine times Sunday night and uh, against Houston, and, and they returned one for, like, 25, 30 yards. So I think we called down the second. But, um, no, man, it, it, it also, like I talked on earlier, like, more of it's a job, but a lot of these special teams guys, man, they, they have, they'll take so much more pride in it than they did guys in college just because 
you know, a lot of these guys have been playing for 10 years and they hadn't touched the offense or defensive snap. And um, so when you have guys like that playing on special teams, it, it definitely helps your, it helps your mindset knowing you have guys like that covering down who take such pride in it. Yeah, that makes sense. So was there a point, you know, you had mentioned that you had kind of an off first few games. Was there kind of a point in the season where you finally felt comfortable, you know, doing what you're doing in front of the, everybody? I know you said it was less jittery, less pressure to a point, yeah. but, like, when did you finally feel comfortable? Uh, the fourth game, we had a home game against the Jets. Um, my first uh, three games we played, the Giants at New York, I think I hit six punts, and um, they were uh, – I think one ball turned over like a one of the two, and um, that we we also had three push punts, and um, but but I only had one ball turn over. And the next week we played um, the Patriots, and I hit two two push punts and one backed up punt at the end of the game, and, and I didn't hit it very well. And the Titans we played, I only had one open field punt, I didn't hit it very well. And um, but then the Jets, the fourth game of the year, I, I remember the first punt, um, and even caught you know that whole week. Um, Jody Camillus, my trust team coach, was like, look, dude, you know, because we've been doing a lot of drill stuff, a lot of mechanics, and, and, and I was, I guess, a different type of guy. I'm not a big mechanic guy, and I'm more of a little grip and rip kind of guy. And um, so he, he was just telling me before the game, like, look, dude, just let it eat, man. And I think that's kind of when it, when it flips, uh, a flip, uh, a switch flips or whatever, and, and I got there the first punt, I mean, I hit a bomb. And um, ever since then, man, the one punt, just me thinking, all right, dude, look, punt is still punt, dude. Just let it rip. And, um, you know, ever since that one punt, man, I think I had four punts and all of them turned over perfect that game. And ever since then, I've kind of been on a hot streak, I guess you'd say. So, so uh, during fall camp and, and preseason games and all that, uh, obviously um, the whole process of, of the draft and, and leading up to it, holding's a huge factor in this. And even um, as you got to show in the last few games of this season, you got to kick off. So, um, how did that help you in this whole process of being able to show that you can hold at the high level as well as uh, show the skill sets you can kick off to? Yeah, I mean, it, it helps a lot. I mean, you know, especially these days, you know, most every team you pretty much look at, um, college and into pros especially, but your punter is always your holder. And um, th- there's been some punters um, the past few years that didn't win jobs or just here through the grapevine they got cut or whatever because of holding. And, and that's something that um, – you know, in college, uh, um, my, my special teams coach Leslie harped on me learning how to hold and be a good holder. I think that really helped a lot. Can you go to kickoffs too? I mean, that you know, being a combo guy, especially like like our deal when when Josh Lambeau went down, um, I was able to step step in and kick off, and we didn't skip a beat. So, uh, man, the best ability is availability, and the more jobs you can do, the better it is. So, so oftentimes, you know. It- We've been doing this fourth down experience podcast for about thirteen months now, and we've been lucky to get a few rookies in the mix. Um, one common theme that we hear from them are guys saying like they felt like there was never really an off period because you finish your senior year of college, and then you're training to hopefully get drafted, and you're doing all the combine training, and then all of a sudden season starts. Did you did you feel like it just like was like a long year, just in general, like long calendar year? Yeah, for sure. So I was actually talking to my dad about this yesterday. I actually just got home last night late. But, um, no, dude, if you think about it, starting in, I guess that'd be end of February, um, we, I started punting. This is, this is 
February before my senior season. Um, I started back punting after probably taking a month off after the bowl game. And um, started back punting then, getting ready for spring ball. And spring ball's over. I might take, you know, a week or two, probably a couple weeks off before May. And um, and then when I'm home in May, I, I just go off training with uh, the guy I trained with um, in May. So started back punting then, and then going all through June, July, camp. August, all the way through your senior season, and then as soon as the bowl game's over, I mean, I think a week later, I'll flying out of train. So, I mean, yeah, and, and then obviously you don't stop the draft, the draft process, and then you show up day one, mini camp, you're punting there, and um, a rookie mini camp, and you go to OTAs, you're punting, mini camps, you're punting. I think, uh, you know, the whole summer I didn't, didn't take off at all just because I wanted to be as prepared as I could for camp. And camp comes around, you're punting um, every day, pretty much, um, punting and kicking. And then you go into the season, and then you play 20 games, uh, just regular season games, not counting teams that are in the playoffs. So, yeah, it's definitely a long year. It's definitely a long season, too, because technically it's 16 games, but with the preseason, you know, 20 games. I mean, it's, it's a long year, man. So during the preseason, um, obviously they drafted you, so the Jaguars did. So were they uh, looking like, hey, man, this is, this is your show. Uh, we're not going to bring anyone in, or did they bring – you guys in to compete with you talk about that process yeah um so that they, they actually didn't cut the guy that was there until shoot probably three weeks after i was drafted two weeks maybe two weeks and um so at first i thought i was gonna you know we were gonna be competing which i i didn't mind which i totally you know expected and um but got there and um you know just i was just the only guy and they, they brought some people in for uh rookie mini camp and then mini camp but um you know, they, they didn't keep anybody for camp. And, um, I, I think it was more of a deal that they just wanted me to kind of understand that I was the guy so I could prepare mentally, which I, which I like. And uh, I, I, I don't shy away from competition, but, I mean, you know, any time that you're told pretty much, hey, you're our guy, we trust you. And, and then you get to build, a, I guess, a bond with your, your cover guys, your snapper, I mean, to, to understand that, look, this is the crew we're going to have for the season. Kind of helps mentally to know that um, – they trust you, and uh, they have enough faith in you that, hey, you're our guy. So, yeah, I mean, it, it helps a lot of faith. So, you know, a lot of our listeners are, you know, high school, college guys. We do a free agents that listen. Um, but, you you know, we talked about just the longevity of this sort of last year. Um, you know, for high school kids, it's kind of that college recruiting process time period, and, and they're kicking a lot and trying to maybe move up in the rankings at camps and things like that. How did you How did you maintain your body? just to, like, keep it fresh? Because some of our younger listeners may want to kind of use similar ideas of, of, of body maintenance. Um, for me, um, you talking about throughout the off-season? Yeah, yeah off-season and in... The whole training deal? Yep, and in-season. Just certain things that you did. Yeah. Um, well, for me, one thing is keep working out. And, um, I mean, if you're kicking and doing a lot of stuff, but you're not in the weight room, uh, your muscles definitely get fatigued. And... Um, you use different muscles in the weight room that you, you know, would not use kicking or would use kicking and vice versa. But one thing is don't just kick, stay in the weight room. And I think that helped me, you know, throughout the whole deal. And that's something that I really didn't do in college as much as I should have or wish I should have. And, um, and I don't know if it was just lack of them pushing me or, or what it was, but um, something they harp on here, especially is, um, you know, in Jacksonville, is, you know, during the season, we, we still train hard. And, um, you know, talking to some other guys, some other teams don't do that. But, um, you know, I think 
being in the weight room and keeping your bodies and muscles and joints active, um, I think that helped a lot. Um, and also running, running, doing the same deal. Um, and then obviously the ice stuff, hot stuff, stuff like that. Just anything you can do, man, keep your body right. And the more you do, the better. So, so the more as far as the, um, you know, rehab deal, so cold stuff, hot stuff, the normal tech boots, things like that. I mean, it's just anything you can think of. Pilates, yoga, I mean, there's so many, especially now, there's so many resources for me to use that, um, you know, sometimes I catch myself doing they're a little over the top, but I mean, the worst is it's better to do more than you need. And um, so just take advantage of, of what you have. And if you don't have an ice tub or a cold tub, just on your way home, get a bag of ice, pour the tub. I did that in high school. It was miserable. But, you know, that's something that, you know, in high school I didn't have access to. So take a bag of ice and pour it in the tub. I mean, little things like that. Anything you can you can think of or find, just ask around, you know, um, keep your body right. What are some uh, drills that you did? Uh, after, you know, you said you were a gripping, gripping guy, and once you got to the NFL level, there's a coach there on staff that put you through some drills. What are some things that you do uh, consistently throughout the week to um, to help perfect your craft and just stay on your game? So I probably, uh, I think the biggest thing, yeah, um, we do a lot of live drills and, and stuff like that. I'll swing up I'll get to that in a second. But the biggest thing I learned when I got here was your hands. And, even in college, we did a lot of jug stuff. But um, every day, I probably caught and caught and dropped at least 100 balls. And um, I mean, sometimes that sounds a little excessive, but the better your hands are, because you're not always going to get a good snap and, and whatnot. So just being able to just, it becomes second nature to catch the snap and spin it, setting it. That was probably the most drill work I ever did um, here. Now, now, there's a, a few other guys that have uh, taken me through drills with uh, ropes and, and, and walking the line. I actually walked the line before practice, before games, just walking and dropping, dropping on the line, just making sure everything's in line. And because um, for me personally, if, if everything's lined up, my swing is going to be the same every time. So if I miss hit a ball, I know that it was either I dropped the ball inside or outside. So being able to warm up my body before I punt is uh, pretty much just me catching the ball, molding it, dropping on the line, just to make sure all that's lined up. Um, we did a lot of pass drills in the off season. I don't recommend that during season as much, just because, especially for me, if I do a lot of pass drills, and if by pass I mean you know lower drop, trying to um, the way we do it is we kick it from numbers to numbers, which um, kind of you're aiming at the other number, um, probably 40 yard, 40, 45 yards downfield. And for me, it's just a low line drive ball, and all that's working on is just. Me making sure the ball is coming off the outside of my foot and making sure I'm hitting the inside panel of the ball. And um, the reason I say I don't do it during season or just don't do it as much is, for me, I, if I do that, I, I kind of gain a habit of dropping the ball low. And for me, um, being a bigger, tall guy, I like drop, setting the ball, you know, kind of high. And um, because I, I get a lot of hang time if, if I do that, and um but that pasture, especially in the offseason, and if you're not wanting to wear your leg down, you can kick a lot more of those reps and, um, than you can just normal, you know, crush, cranking balls down the field. You, you can still get a lot done. That makes sense. Um, I'm curious here. You, you had mentioned um, in part of your recovery type things you do, like uh, like recovery legs, like the, you know, like, the, like the socks you put on, things like that. How did that help you in season to have those type of recovery leg elements? Yeah, um, I mean, it helps a lot. Like, it, it's just something that, I mean, you can go in there and 
sit on your phone, you can go in and read a book. It's just something that they do the work for you. And um, uh, especially um, when this is your job and you're there from 8 to 5 every day, there's a lot of downtime. So, I mean, sometimes I do it two, three times a day, you know, if I was, you know, had that much downtime. And uh, it's just something to go in there, man. And, but like I said, they do all the work for you. Those normal tech boots, I think, are, are, are some, an awesome investment, um, even if you're a high school kid. You know, at home, when you're doing your homework, just go home. And, uh, you know, Christmas, I know Christmas just left, but, you know, ask your, ask your parents for them. You know, it's just something that I think, you know, they're, they're one of the most beneficial tools when it comes to uh, rehabbing your body and keeping your body, you know, in good shape. Recovery Edge Therapy's mission is to improve the quality of life of athletes everywhere. From high school to college to pros, their advanced technology will give you the edge needed at a price you can afford. The Recovery Edge Therapy system is simple to use and is an essential tool to enhance your training routine. It's lightweight, portable, and can be worn on any part of the body. The Recovery Edge Therapy system is the solution to eliminating muscle soreness and quickly getting you back on your feet. Increase circulation, reduce soreness, reduce risk of injury, recover faster, and perform better. Order your Recovery Edge Therapy system today at www.recoveryedgetherapy.com. Say, so, what would you tell any high school, college, or free agent guys about uh, rep count, um, you know, out of season and in season? What are your thoughts? Um, well, that's something I'm kind of learning myself right now. Um, talking to guys like Brett Kern, um, it, I'm still trying to figure out my off-season deal for now because I've never had this much off-season downtown you know usually in college we start spring ball here um, in march or you know whatever we're training in january february but um so now personally for me as a rookie going into my second season i'm still trying to figure out when i need to start kicking and when so i'm asking some older guys so i guess i can give some insight from being an old college guy but um for me man in the off season i, I didn't like kicking a lot of balls um i would do more of those pass drills like i was talking about because that's a low rep count it keeps your hands and eyes and everything on point without having to wear down your legs from just cranking balls. Um, but and drill work, I mean, if shoot, you can get to the gym and go drop on a line um, if you don't want to wear your body down. I mean, you can do that every day. And um, so my biggest my biggest deal in the off season for me was to make sure I was keeping my hands hands and eyes on point, which so just catching snaps, whether it was your dad tossing them underhand or you bouncing off the ground and um, catching it, dropping on the line, keeping all that intact. And um, for me, I probably started kicking, well, what I did, I started kicking towards the end of February, um, leading into to March, um, which I, I wasn't ever really a big rep guy. You know, if I got out there and hit 15, 20 balls and they were how I wanted them in the offseason, then I packed it up and went home because, that, to me, that's a good work session. You definitely don't want to overdo it in the offseason. Um, In-season-wise, um, man, when I warm up for practice, I probably hit – Eight full punts, and that's probably it. Eight to ten, ten at the most. And uh, because usually our script involves eight to ten punts, anyway. So, um, and we, we, we punt two times a week, but I only punt probably 40 balls a week, 40 to 50 balls a week before the game. And um, kickoff wise, I did something different. I, in college, I probably kicked, I think I kicked two, two kickoffs a week. And we, we we scored a lot of points uh, some games in college, so you know sometimes I'd be kicking off a good bit. And but but for me, I never lost my kickoff um, my kickoff feel. Um, sometimes in practice, I'd kick the ball 
one deep to two deep at the most. And sometimes I get out there and tell Coach Mullen, look, Coach, I'm just going to three-step him today because, you know, I really don't feel it. And then I get there on game day and, and I still have my swing. So I, I don't rec- I mean, I don't recommend that. But for me, being a guy who, you know, had some issues taking care of his body and ha- had a little, little knee issue, for me, I had to keep my rep count down as low as possible. So that's the way I did it. But some people are different. So, so you went to Mississippi State, very prestigious program. Uh, what were some things that you learned while being at Mississippi State that you think helped translate you into having some success as your in your rookie year? Uh, I guess a little adversity. I, I, I faced, personally, I faced a little uh, knee issue on year, and battling through that kind of kind of gave me. Uh, I guess a little insight on how to fight through some adversity, but I, I think Coach Mullen did a good job um, with the specialists at State. Uh, I know some coaches are different. Some coaches don't have any any interaction with their special teams at all, but he was big on special teams. And sometimes he'd come over there and, and kind of um, mess around with us a little bit, um, trying to get in our heads and practice. And then sometimes on film, he'd, he'd be hollering at us and cussing us out. And he, you'd see him on film turn around and, and wink at one of the other coaches. So just just things like that that he used to do um, to me, I know, um, and to our football kicker, they used to push him around and stuff. Things like that were, uh, I, I guess, it always taught us to, to stay out of our head, and um, that's something that I think he instilled in me, and, and just little things he used to do like that. Um, but as far as college, man, the, I don't know, the, the whole atmosphere of college football in NFL is a little different, and um, but uh, I don't know, man. For me, I'm way more comfortable out there putting the ball in an NFL game than I was college, and I don't know why that is, and I didn't think it'd be like that, but it is. Um, but... I don't know. I guess four years of starting actually helped too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no doubt. So let's, maybe that. Uh, let's talk about that Ole Miss rivalry. But what's kind of cool is um, two things here. Alone, I, I think you're, you're familiar possibly with me. Um, I, I'm in Alabama and I train a lot of kids in the yeah. state of Mississippi. And uh, um, Chris is up in the in Minnesota. And ironically, one of the kids that he trains is the punter at Ole Miss. It's uh, Mac Brown. So I think maybe. You, you would have played against him possibly your senior year. Yeah. Uh, maybe talk about that rivalry a little bit. And, uh, you know, like for me, seeing Alabama and Auburn's big rivalry, but but I know it's a big deal in Mississippi too. Kind of talk about that. Yeah, it was fun, man. I mean, I, I never uh, – I actually never beat Ole Miss. The year I, we, we actually won in Oxford, I, I was when I was out with a um, meniscus. But uh, it was fun, dude. And um, I, I think the rivalry – before I got to Mississippi State, I thought it was a big deal between the teams, but I think it's really just a rivalry between the fans. Because there's a lot of guys, you know, from Mississippi on both teams. There's guys I played against in high school on uh, on Ole Miss's team, and um, you know, that definitely there's a lot of guys who played each other or who played with each other. But um, it was fun for sure, especially growing up in the state, and you see the you see the rivalry. And it's, it's a very exciting game. Uh, I never it's kind of a uh, you know, it's a cold cold deal. I never beat them, but. You know, wish I had. <laughs> Why do they call it the egg bowl? Oh man, I should know that. <laughs> I don't. I don't know it either. Okay. Uh, there's, there's a big gold egg. <laughs> I don't know. Big, big gold football. I really have no idea why it's the egg bowl. You gonna make me Google that? When you um, when you grew up playing football and all that, did you grow up like a state fan or a rebel fan? I'
I, I think I watched a game when I was like seven years old, eight years old, and I think it was like a Tennessee-Florida game. I told Dad I wanted to go to a game there, and we went like a couple years later. And uh, all I remember was Dad said whenever they ran out of the tee, I had a tear going down my eye. <laughs> and nice. I was like a 10-year-old kid. So uh, I don't know. And then I actually had my grandpa at a tie with one of his preaching buddies. His son played up there. So we got to go to, go to some games every year and see some uh, meet some coaches and, and go back there and take some tours of the facility. So I don't know. I kind of fell in love with the place. Uh, my family grew up kind of mixed. Uh, I think my mom was an Ole Miss fan, kind of, and my dad was a big fan. But I wasn't really a diehard team fan. I just loved college football. And um, so, I don't know. But, yeah, more of a Tennessee fan. Kind of weird. Yeah, nice. Uh, so, you know, this time of the year right now, the college recruiting process is picking up really for specialists. You know, and a few of them have been locked down with early signing day. But, uh you know, you ended up going to a big-time program. Why don't you tell the audience what your recruiting process was like? You know, did you have options? How did you get there? How did you get your name out there? Like, what what helped you uh, end up at uh, Mississippi State? Yeah, um, well, actually, for me, I, I really um, really didn't have, I mean, I had a lot of interest. I was ranked high by your, you know, your sailors and your coals and stuff like that, but um, it was weird, man. I, I, now, I told my I told my dad, I think I was a sophomore, and I told him, I said, I, I don't know what I'd do if I had to choose between this school and this school or, you know, whatever. I, I said, I, I don't know how I'd pick the other one, you know? And so, so dude, I just started, I just started praying, man. I was like, Lord, please open the doors that need to be closed and close the ones, close the ones that, open the doors that need to be open and close the ones that need to be closed. And, um, and then I, I mean, I prayed that every night. And uh, it got to a point where I was ranked number two number two player in the country for a while, and um, the number one was offered, three, four, five, six, all these guys were offered, and I didn't have an offer. And um, I kind of got frustrated, got mad, and, uh, and and then I think um, the end of my junior year, it finally hit me, or going into my senior year, I was like, you idiot, you know, you've been praying for this for, for a while, and, uh, you know, it's actually happening. And um, so I, I didn't have many offers, and I went to, uh, I didn't have an offer, Going to June, so I went to Louisiana Monroe's camp and um, got offered there. And uh, so I finally got my first one. And um, I, was, I was still, you know, obviously wanted to go to SEC program. And um, we went to some other camps and did really well, you know, there. And left and they, you know, they offered the other guy. And um, things like that happened. So at the end of the day, I had three full scholarship offers. And um, one was Southern Miss, one was Louisiana Monroe, and one was Mississippi State. And uh, I had some other schools that had um, told me they wanted to offer, wanted me to come to visit, things like that. But um, it all found a place, man. And Mississippi State was a place that was a door that he opened, and that was where I went. I couldn't, you know, going back on it, I couldn't see it happening any different. So I guess my biggest advice to high school guys out there is, look, dude, it comes down to the day before signing day. I mean, don't, don't get discouraged. You know, there's your plans out there, and, and, and I mean, the Lord has a plan for, for your situation and whatever's going to happen. Just don't get disturbed, and just just work your tail off um, until that opportunity comes. Yeah, we literally just got back from a Texas camp talking about how you know we there's four or five 2019 kids, uh, guys that are graduating here soon, uh, that we're still worried and concerned, and we just let them know, like, uh, spinning off on what you said, Logan, just don't worry about uh, everyone else's um, path. You got your own path, and uh, we even have kids that sign their letter of intent. 
March, you know, and in April, they don't even have to necessarily sign on signing day. Right. Uh, so it's kind of cool to hear, um, you know, NFL punter saying this. So, uh, yeah, and, and another, like, I, I didn't get invited to the combine. And uh, <laughs> I didn't get invited to the combine. That was something that I, 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 I didn't more or less know I would, but I had a good feeling I would just from hearing from guys and my agent talking things. And, and I didn't. And um, I went out to uh, Jamie Cole's event um, and did very, very poorly out there. <laughs> So, like, everything was just happening bad, and uh, it's just, just kind of weird how things work out. And, uh, but, but for me, that's what happened, man. Good, not, not getting any of those invites, and I did, didn't go to a senior bowl game. So, uh, kind of the same scenario, and, uh, but, I mean, it all works out, man. So, before uh, Chris asks our uh, token question that we ask every NFL specialist, uh, you know, just spinning off what you just said, I mean, a lot of things didn't go your way as far as like bowl games or like all-star games and maybe performances at certain camps or national um, football league combine, you know, but you get drafted in the seventh round, which is awesome. So like talk about that two day process and, you know, uh, wondering if you're going to be drafted or if you're going to be an uh, undrafted a free agent signing. Talk about that process and how that was like. Yeah. Kind of like the same deal as the college college recruit process. I mean, going, going in, I mean, I had a few workouts and stuff, but like I said, no combine, no things like that, but um, man, the, the couple of days, well, the day the draft started, you know, that wasn't, a, <laughs> maybe wasn't going that day, but uh, so the, the next two days were kind of like, you know, whatever happens, happens, I, mean, I can't control it now, Hayes in the barn, so well, <laughs> whatever they've seen is what they're going to see, so, uh, you know, at that point, it was out of your hands, so you're just sitting there waiting, anxious, um, Definitely anxious because uh, you can't control anything that's happening. But uh, man, when calls start rolling in and things start happening, I think it was about a probably about ten minutes from when uh, my phone started ringing from my agent and coaches and whatnot. That um, from, the, from then until the time I was drafted, so it was a quick process. And um, but like I said, man, everything just happens and uh, it happens for a reason. And uh, wouldn't trade it any other way. Were you watching the draft at all, like on yeah, the last day? And um, I actually watched one of. I forgot who the last punter before me was drafted, and uh, whoever it was, but um, and, and they talked about the other three punters that were left on the board, <laughs> and uh, I wasn't one of them. And, oh, wow. uh, and, 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 and my family and friends were a few friends were there, and uh, whenever that popped up, everybody's kind of looked at their phone, <laughs> like, like oh, no, no, nobody saw that, <laughs> you know. And, uh, they started showing highlights from those punters, and uh, your name's not up there, so uh, ah, it is what it is, man. I like being an undercard, so. Awesome. All right, well, I got I got two more here. Uh, that kind of made me think of something. How do you, at, at the SEC level, and then especially your rookie year in the NFL when there's more eyes on you, how did you handle pressure or social media? Like, say, you know, you had a, you had a few bad games right when you started. How do you, like, handle rebounding off that or ignoring social media? Like, how did you go about that? I'm not a big ignore social media guy. I'm a big social media guy just from the standpoint of, I, I, I won't be able to see what, what's happening in my life sometimes. And, and uh, so, so I didn't get off of social media. And I've had some buddies in, in college in the past, you know, when I was in high school or into college, just seeing guys who would get roasted on, on Instagram, Twitter, whatever, and they just delete their accounts. And, and I think that's kind of like you're running from whatever. But I don't know. Personally, I mean, I, I don't look at Twitter. I don't, I don't look up my name and see what negative things are being said. But if someone tweets at me, I'll see it, you know. But, um, I don't know, man. I, I, I wouldn't say ignore it. 
Um, take it as a challenge, you know. I mean, obviously, I had some people tweeting at me, Jags fans that weren't happy, but um, at the end of the day, uh, you know, you're, you're the one that's that's got the opportunity to play. And you're the one that has the opportunity to change um, how you're playing. Um, but I don't know. Just I wouldn't say ignore it. Just use it as motivation and use it as, oh, well, you know, at least I'm here, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just get better, and uh, that's pretty much what I did. Yeah, I like your attitude about that. So, all right. Well, uh, so Logan, we always like to wrap up our interviews with our it's it's, it's our signature question, and uh, some people are lucky enough to get the two part question, and you're going to get it. So, what we always like to ask here is 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 tell the audience your three favorite NFL stadium experiences, and then now and then because you played SEC football, your three favorite collegiate stadiums you played in. Yeah, collegiate first. Collegiate, Death Valley. Sure. Everybody says that. that. That's definitely a. Um, that's probably all right. Let me go backwards. That's probably number one. So number three, um, will be Georgia. Georgia's pretty loud. Got to play in my senior year. Two will be Bama, just because. You know, <laughs> nice place. And then Death Valley. That's probably the three most cliche answers I'm probably going to give. <laughs> nice. But uh, yeah, that's the three. Uh, NFL wise, um. Playing indoors is cool. Um, I'll put I'll put Dallas at. Hmm, I'll put uh, I don't know. All right, we'll put Dallas at number three. Number two would probably be. Hmm, I don't know. Number two would probably be Buffalo. I like playing at Buffalo. It's a very just crappy place. But I like it. It's cool. Yeah, we've had a few people bring up Buffalo actually, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, um, I really don't get to play that many iconic places right now. Um, uh, and then number one would probably be Aaronhead. Kansas City was cool. It was loud, rainy, big time game. Um, so Aaronhead probably be number one. Nice. Did you ever? Uh, I couldn't remember. Did the Jacks get to go overseas to Europe? Yeah, we went to London. All right. Yeah, London was pretty cool too. <coughs> what was that? I saw, I saw London in there at four. Well, I'm not a big soccer guy, so I wasn't like, oh, Wembley, you know. But what's funny is, is Lambo is a huge soccer guy, so was he just like... Oh, yeah, Lam- Lambo was tearing up walking out there, for sure. <laughs> yeah, he, he ate it up, for sure. Classic. You probably had to tell him to calm down. Yeah, I got, I got some good fish and chips over there, so that was cool. Nice. All right, Logan, one more question. Sorry. Uh, when you're in London, I'm, I'm curious, because we've had a few Jaguars guys on and, 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 um, in the past, and then just people that have referenced Wembley. How much time are you actually in London, and then how much like free time do you get while you're there? I was always kind of curious. Yeah, so we some people go there for a week, and um, I know the Jags have done that before. We went for three days, I think, three or four days. But uh, yeah, only one day I really had enough time to go venture out and see a little bit of, of London. I actually had a buddy over there that was Masters um, from from my hometown, so. He was able to show me around one day, and I kind of saw saw the. I'm not a big travel guy. I like where I'm from. I like staying here. But uh, going over there and, and getting to see Westminster Abbey and um, you know Parliament, things like that, big bands, like cool things you read about, like when you're in history class and watching movies, and um, got got to see a, a phone booth. That was cool. <laughs> the red phone booth, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, um, yeah. You scroll through my pictures from London. My mom was looking. And there was. Um, Parliament, uh, Big Ben, a cab driver, 
uh, my fish and chips and a phone booth, and that's like all it took. <laughs> so she was, my mom was pretty pretty mad as all it took, but uh, yeah, uh, it was cool for sure, cool experience. This is fun right now. I, so okay, you mentioned you, you like staying close to home. What NFL team did you cheer for growing up in Mississippi, or did you, or were you just all about college life? Football. I mean, I, I was a college football fan, and whenever uh, bowl games were over, I pretty much stopped watching football. Um, I went to Super Bowl parties because we played pickup basketball at my buddy's house, but um, I didn't really watch NFL, man. And uh, honestly, I didn't really watch a lot of NFL football the past few, <laughs> few years either. But yeah. uh, until I started seeing guys on there that I played with in college, it was pretty cool. But um, I mean, I guess the Saints, um, whenever I did cheer for a team, I like the Saints just because. They've been an underdog for a while, and that's kind of close to home. So, I know. Nice. Well, they're having a great year, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. yeah, they are. Uh, final question here, Logan. Uh, I've always seen it on your social media, just even following you since college. Um, this may be a tough question, but you have to pick one over the other. If you had to go freshwater fishing or saltwater fishing, which one would you choose? Saltwater fishing. And I used to would say freshwater fishing until I got a jack. So I've been doing a lot of fishing. <laughs> And uh, it, it's fun, man. I've caught everything from a six, six and a half foot tarpon to, I mean, twenty pound red snapper to a nine foot reef shark. I mean, it's it's pretty awesome. And uh, for fishing wise, man, I couldn't be in a better place. So, pretty neat. Really? Yeah, my dad and I go deep sea fishing all the time. Uh, he's got a twenty four and a half foot Cape Horn, and we go out of Panama City. So that'd be maybe fun to watch. One, one day this off season to go fishing with you guys. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I got a boat. Uh, that was kind of my draft boat for myself, I guess. <laughs> nice. But, uh, yeah. What was it like bringing Kai and some of those guys out fishing recently? Oh, yeah. It was a blast, man. Um, Kai's never, I think he caught one little bit of fish in his life, and uh, he, he had to catch some, catch some fish. And uh, Matt, Matt had fun, too. And uh, so, man, we had a blast. Yeah, I, I enjoyed taking guys. I took a bunch of rookies out, too. And uh, we got into some bonita sharks um, a couple times, and it, it's fun seeing guys who never hunt a fish, you know, get to take them out and introduce them to the outdoors and show them how, how fun it is and stuff. And then whenever you leave and they're you're pulling out of the boat ramp and they're asking you when you can go again, that's a good feeling. So, sorry, Logan. Sorry, this is one last one. This is great. All right, so a guy that Brian and I have essentially kind of become industry friends with is Matt Overton. You know, he he's about our age. We actually all kind of went through the the, the free agency process together, and then he, he obviously latched on with the team. What has a veteran like him taught you in terms of just handling everything this year? I, mean, I, I think just, just taking whatever life gives you. You know, there's, here, here Matt's story about, I mean, uh, you know, I don't know it all in detail. I can't remember it all in detail, but just, I know he went through a lot of stuff before he finally made it. And uh, just seeing how he's established himself in the league now. Uh, we kind of hopped around from team to team in the past couple of years. I mean, just, just seeing how positive he is every day. And, um, you know, just, just seeing his mindset, seeing where he came and, and how hard it was for him to get here. Um, it, it Honestly, it motivates me. You know, he, it just I kind of got it handed to me from the aspect of getting my foot in the door and just seeing how hard some of these people have worked to get their foot in the door. Some people not make it. And then a guy that does make it just grinds every day. And, uh, and his work ethic's unbelievable. And I do grinds every day. And uh, so I guess it's more or less just just watching him is what he's taught me. Just things he does and, and the way he carries himself is uh, uh, definitely definitely impacts me. That's cool. Logan, we sure uh, do appreciate you taking 40 minutes of your time to talk with us, man. Uh, 
congrats on your first uh, rookie season. Uh, we wish you the, the best of luck moving forward, and hopefully we'll get out, uh, maybe kick together, and maybe even fish together here soon. All right, dude. Sounds good. I enjoyed it, man. Yeah, thanks, Logan, for being on, and we'll uh, we'll be in touch down the road. Have a good off season right, and rest up finally. Thank you. All right, later. Yeah, Ryan, that was a good one. I enjoyed it. Absolutely, that was great, man. Uh, first time uh, rookie here from the Jags that we got on on the Fourth Time Experience podcast, and I love it, man. He's he's only twenty three years old. It's crazy. Yeah, you know, sometimes you don't know what you what you get in each interview, and each one has a lot of golden nuggets and just learning opportunities. And you know, I think we've had maybe we've had about three or four rookies on so far over the forty some that we've done already. And it's fun to hear some consistent stories, but then also just fun to hear different stories. You know, about what it what their experience was like to get there, and you know, every, everything's always different, which is cool. Yeah, I really liked uh, the message he gave, especially at this prime time right now, of kickers and punters and snappers, you know, wondering where they're going to end up on signing day, and just hearing him talk about how, you know, he had a couple offers, you know, later in the game, and, you know, then he had to put it up to, to praying and, and seeing what would happen, and, and even with the draft process, same thing, so I thought that was a really good lesson to learn uh, for any guys that are they're still waiting to see what's going to happen here soon. I agree. Forty Nation. Uh, we appreciate you listening to this one. Uh, we've had a good string of interviews. I mean, they're all great, and we've got some great ones lined up again, like always. Um, if you like what we're doing, you know, if you can, just retweet, share the share the interviews with people. Um, we love the ongoing support. Obviously, a five star review would be fantastic if we if you feel like we earned it. Um, you know, and then Brian and I are always available. You know, we're starting to get a lot of kids always asking us for help to critique their film or to meet up or do some sort of virtual lesson. So we are available for you as well. We're not just interview guys. Uh, we are personal kicking, punting, and snapping coaches. So if you guys do need a little help, critique, or whatever, consultation, just just contact us, and we'd be happy to help. Agreed. Thanks, guys, for listening to us, man. Uh, just stay updated. Contact us. Follow us on 4th Down Experience Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we'll see you next week. All right. Later. Hey, what's up, 4D Nation? This podcast has been brought to you by NKR, the National Kicking Rankings Platform. It's the new and innovative national evaluation and rankings platform for kickers, punters, and snappers. Launched in 2017, this camp offers you a great balance of athletic evaluation and instruction. You'll get honest feedback and rankings, exposure to college coaches, but this camp is brought to you by credible coaches with experience that will deliver a high-quality and detailed instruction to you. NKR offers an active social media platform that will give you proper exposure to all the collegiate outlets. This camp was developed by Brian Jackson, Chris Hughesby, and Tom Feely using a proven camp format from the last seven to eight years that specialists have come to love. Many of the specialists have received opportunities to play at all collegiate levels, including Power 5 conferences. If you'd like to attend an upcoming camp this offseason, visit www.nationalkickingrankings.com and check out the camps page. Or follow us on social media on Twitter at NKR underscore camps. That's NKR underscore camps. Or on Instagram at National Kicking Rankings to learn more about us and follow our growth. Come see what all the hype is all about and check out NationalKickingRankings.com. Thank you for listening to the 4th Down Experience. 
be sure to subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 4th Down Experience.